This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TAKESTHATCHANCE10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moyes stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield down on the opening day of the Premier League. One two against Tunga. Here's Moy, right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Ram De Gea. 2 0 Huddersfield town. 2 0 Huddersfield town. Here's Sanka to turn it into the pass. Yes! yes! Welcome to Andy Takes That Chance, the warm-up. What is the warm-up? Well, I'm glad that you've asked. The warm-up is a new shorter episode intending to look at the forthcoming fixtures in a little more depth. So instead of bolting the match previews onto the end of a long main podcast episode, we'll be releasing a second bite-sized episode a couple of days before the game, looking forward to the upcoming match. Uh, We'll have stats, features, and opposition opinion, as well as creating a new prediction league for you to get involved and, hopefully for you, put us in our place. And as they say, who can top the WAPs? I'm your host, Matt Shaw, and joining me today to look ahead and preview the Stoke City game is our regular website content previewer, Brady Frost. And when Brady and I were concocting this episode, we decided that we needed an analyst. So we went straight down to St. George's Park, up to the highest office, and brought in Chris Markham. So welcome to both of you. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us, Matt. No worries, it's your idea, Brady. It's it's all good, all good. (laughs) Uh, Right, gentlemen, let's look at Stoke City. So historically, uh, not a fantastic place for us to go and pick up wins. Uh, In 40 visits, we've had seven wins, 14 draws and 19 defeats. Uh, in League and Cup. So last season we went there and won 1-0 in a very drab yet wonderful victory which kick-started our revival 
under Danny Cowley and an excellent goal from Janino Bakuna. Brian picks it up off a miscontrol by Njaye. It pulls to Bakuna who releases Diakabi down the right and suddenly Town are building a chance. Here's Bakuna arriving. Bakuna smashes it into the back of the net. Return pass by Diakabi. Janino Bakuna's broken. He's stuck for the season shortly after coming on as a sub. Oh boy, did he take his chance. Okay, so one standout and memorable trip, guys, was back in 1991. So you may or may not remember this one. I think we're all, Brady might not even have been around then. Uh, but we went there in 1991. It's a good, uh, you could say good season, but it didn't end particularly well. But we went there and won 2-0 with two goals from uh, town legend Ewan Roberts, uh, which was our first win back at the Victoria ground at that time for 41 years uh, that season, Town finished third in the league, but sadly lost to Peterborough in the playoffs. Um, you know, those scenes at Leeds Road will, will live long with uh, everybody that was there. And uh, Stoke finished fourth, losing to Stockport. And uh, Peterborough then went on to beat Stockport in the final at Wembley. So if you're watching this on YouTube, here are the goals from that game. So let's focus on Stoke particular then. Uh, Brady, how are Stoke getting on this season? So, um, yeah, so I had a quick look. So I know it's an early stage of the season. Uh, we're only 11 games in, but they, they're out from the table. Uh, they've won three, three of their last five. Um, they're sitting on 18 points. Um, so we just won four points uh, ahead of us and just one point away from the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of wanted to look into, um, into it. So, so far they've won, they've won five games, drawn three, lost three, scored 15 goals and conceded 12. So not, not too sparkling, but... I just wanted to look in some of the games because obviously we're playing them on Saturday and just to get a little bit of insight of what we might be up against. And what's interesting is they're not really a possession team and obviously we've struggled struggled with that. Obviously, you think of the away game to Birmingham, for example. Um, so their last two games have been away. Um, they won 3-0 against the league leaders, Reading. Uh, that was just 31% possession um, for them. Three shots on target, three goals. Uh, again, lost played away to Watford, lost three two, but thirty four percent possession, three shots on target, two goals. So, what's quite interesting is um, certainly away for the least. They when they're taking shots, they're not actually creating that much, but they're scoring from the few chances they make. Um, and then just looking at their home games, so three home games from from the last six, uh, Rotherham uh, they won one nil. That was again quite low possession, forty five percent, three shots on target, and just scored the one. Brentford one three two thirty two percent possession four shots on target, so the Brentford one's quite interesting for for me because again as we we've kind of touched on under Corbran we do like to dominate possession and this seems to suit Stoke quite well really and again not having a lot of shots in any of the games really from the last six so a bit of a concerning one really I know we've had the international break and that can always throw up a couple of surprises but. Um, yeah, this this is quite difficult. I think this is exactly the kind of team Huddersfield don't really want to play against and struggle against. So let's look at Stoke. So possession stats, uh, Chris, tend not to mean an awful lot. You know, the way they calculate these possession stats are usually based on the amount of passes between, uh, rather than you know the amount of time that you actually hold on to the ball. So, you know, if a goalkeeper and centre backs just go tap 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 tap, all of a sudden your possession rate goes through the roof, doesn't it? So it doesn't always tell a, a full story, obviously, as what Brady said there. So Stoke are, are obviously a, a side that uh, don't mess around at the back, to quote you know uh, the gentleman that sits behind me at the game, so hopefully I'll see him again one day soon. Uh, but looking at the strengths and weaknesses of Stoke, 
Stoke, to me, look dangerous in, in wide areas and they possess what looks to be a physical team uh, across the field, particularly midfield as well, uh, where they've got the likes of uh, Klukas, uh, James McLean, uh, Tyrese Campbell, uh, and a couple of other options as well that they've they've got in there. Um, they play what looks to, to be a 4-4-2 or maybe uh, a 4-4-1-1 with Powell slightly uh, withdrawn from the front. Um Town can can town exploit the space if uh, if Stoke, you know, move forward in possession. How how would you, uh, Chris, look at how uh, the strengths and weaknesses of Stoke, how they may attack us, uh, and uh, what do we need to look out for? Yeah, I think um, like you said, I don't think they'll have a. I don't think they'll dominate possession. Um, speaking from exactly what Brady said there, but also knowing what we know about uh, about us this season, uh, we actually have more possession. Um, in away games than any team in the league this year, nearly 60%, which obviously for an away team is is ridiculous. Um, so I, I don't think they'll dominate, and I think that'll suit them. Uh, like, you know, it won't maybe suit us as much, but it'll suit them. When I look at Stoke, I think of them more as like a team that'll grind you down. Um, you know, looking at a lot of the goals scored, playing longer passes from sec- uh, winning second balls. I think our centre-backs, whether we play two or three, maybe to discuss, but I think they'll be under pressure a lot. Um, they've got Fletcher, Campbell, there'll be a crosses in the box, McLean. Um, and I think it's maybe trying to force us into mistakes and errors and being able to have good players around the box when you do make errors and pick up on them second balls. So I think it's going to be, um, I think there'll be a lot of play, um, like I said, direct and for second balls and the centre-backs for us, if we come away with a good result, it'll be one of those games where you look back and say the centre-backs were outstanding, I think. Um, and in an in indication of that, we all know Tommy Smith. Um, he's played more accurate long passes than any right back this season in the league. And they do have willing runners down that right side as well. So obviously you've got um, Stephen Fletcher make runs in behind down in, maybe not as quick as he used to be, certainly not, but still a willing runner. And obviously Tyrese Campbell, who's someone who is very quick with good, with good strength as well. So they will have um, willing runners down that side. And I think that, that they aren't going to uh, waste any time, like you say, messing around at the back or playing at the back. Um, I think it'll be a bit more direct and we'll have to defend well um, when when we don't have the ball and, and, and deal with those second balls and, and the quality they've got around the box. So we're looking at sort of players that may affect the game, you know, from, from Stoke's point of view and players that we'll need to look out for. And, and we've picked out a couple, Tommy Smith in particular, mentioned uh, there, Chris. Uh, Tyrese Campbell as well. This is uh, the son of Kevin Campbell, who used to play for, for Arsenal, Everton, uh, amongst other clubs. Uh, he's he's just really started to show his quality this season. He's, he's only 20 years old. Last year, I think he was a bit in and out, and they were a bit unsure about him. But he's played 10 games this season, uh, three goals and five assists. He can play up front or, or wide on the right. He's, he's a very dangerous player, but he's up against our best player this season, Harry Toffolo, and that should really be an interesting duel to watch, uh, providing that we play uh, a back four. It'll be a lot more of a one-on-one duel that you would think. Uh, but Nick Powell, it seems to be, uh, you know, the former crewman seems to be a, a player which is is causing defences a few headaches, Chris. Yeah, he's obviously a clever player and he likes to drop and find space. He's not your typical centre-forward, so maybe that number 10 role or being slightly withdrawn from the front suits him. And he's one of those players, like I said, if you look at, if you get to see him go back and look at his goals this season, they're just really good finishers from in and around the box, from second phase, from cutbacks. And 
you know, that's that's where you don't want him to be. Uh, obviously, in around your box with time to shoot because he has got quality. Um, I think uh, just to quickly go on your point there around Toffolo versus um, uh, Tyrese Campbell, if he does play there, I think it's an interesting one because another thing that I've noticed when you look at some of the high-level data is that we are uh, we have the highest percent of our, t- our attacks come down our left side. So 44% of our attacks come down the left, which obviously makes sense we've spoke about before with, with Toffolo. Be interesting to see what happens and how how advanced if we keep him so advanced as he normally is in, in this system. Those will be the interesting ones when we do turn it over. That's precisely why they'll look they'll maybe be happy with us coming on, getting Toffolo and whoever plays right back out out of position and look to exploit those spaces. So I, I completely agree. While Powell's dangerous, I think you take away a lot of what Powell gets if you don't if you don't if you keep essentially Campbell. And, and, and Fletcher from from making it difficult um, for, for for the back four. Uh, we're looking at sort of strengths and weaknesses of of Town as well. So uh, in the press conference today, it looks like Peeper's going to be missing. Uh, you know, he's been uh, an incredible signing really uh, this season. Him and Toffolo look like one of the best fullback combinations certainly we've had for probably since Lever and Smith uh, themselves. Uh, you know, a really good combination but it looks like he will be missing so maybe D'Amico Dehaney may come in um, or we may see a bit of a, a formation switch so uh, when we look at the strengths and weaknesses of, of Huddersfield in comparison to Stoke uh, when I look at how we might combat Stoke um, you know we talk about possession and um, like we say possession is not the be all and end all but there is, you know statistically teams that do dictate possession tend to win more games than those that don't um, which is something that you don't always see backed up uh, so for me, it looks like a potential switch to three at the back will happen. You know, Schindler, Stearman and Saar will probably come in and be those three. And, and that gives you a, a slightly better, well, a much better platform aerially uh, than what you would do with a back four. And that, that could negate or help negate the likes of Fletcher and, and crowd out those second balls in and around the box as well. Uh, that That's potentially what I would see. And you look at the back four at Stoke as well. You look at Danny Bath and... Um, Smith, Smith, Smith's decent. We know what what Smith's about. Uh, Morgan Fox and uh, Harry Souter um, that they've got at the back, and it doesn't scream out pace. So what I would imagine is that if they become advanced and we can draw them out, then what we'll do is we'll look for a couple of quick transitions and then in behind and trying to get the likes of Karoma and, and Benzer in and in and behind. And I imagine that that's how the game will go. And Town will try and pick their moments, and then all of a sudden when they've drawn people out, then that's how we'll get behind. I'm just wondering how you guys see the game potentially going obviously it hasn't kicked off yet so we don't know but you know in theory how do you see that going um well i think kind of touched on what chris says i think it'll be about stoke grinding us down they know our game they know you know obviously we hate to compare ourselves to leeds but they've played leeds a couple of times and they've been you know sometimes they've done well sometimes they've not done so well so i think stoke's tactic you know if they can't go ahead early again is to kind of wear us down and and you know I think one one player for me is is Jacob Brown so who they signed from Barnsley so I was chatting to Ben from um, the YY files which we'll hear a little bit later but he's been coming off the bench and his pace has been causing a real real issue for um, for tiring defences so he got the third actually against um, in added time against Reading he's he's a great player he's one I wish Town had, had got actually and yeah, again, I'm yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm a bit worried about again, especially now with the rule about five subs. I, I think 
we know the kind of difference in um, in Stokes finances compared to ours. I mean, they're basically bankrolled by a by a bank company. So um, yeah, I, th- I think this this is a game where I think their bench can make a difference, and I think. We need to be ahead, really, approaching the last 20 if we're going to get anything out of it. There's a couple of extra people you could have on the bench as well, Chris, isn't there? With the five subs now and you can have an extra couple. And, and like Brady says, that really gives the uh, the clubs with the bigger squads a, a bit of an advantage. But it could also see an advantage for the town in terms of unknown quantities. We've seen Kieran Phillips, who's now 10 in six. Uh, Danny Ward's just come back. So there are a couple of wild cards that Town have got. And Janino Bakun is the ultimate wild card, isn't he, if he's on the bench? So there's a couple of different things that we could employ as well. Yeah, for definite. I think we're starting to see a few of the squad getting a bit stronger. Like you say, Ward coming back uh, will definitely help with his versatility um, and give us options at the top end. Um, I think in terms of the grinding down, I agree. Um, I think, obviously... With us having so much possession, as you're saying, sometimes that can be a good thing. And and I think an important part of why we have possession, um, and I think it was the same when, when uh, with David, was it's not so much always, and obviously the fans that always want to hear this, about the attacking intent. It's about the control of the game. You know, so if you've got the ball, and even if it's sometimes looks and feels and is a bit mundane, a bit in the middle of the field, a bit in our own third, a bit in the midfield, and you don't feel like the ball's getting forward quickly enough, what you're doing is taking control and taking the sting out of the game, especially when you're playing against a team who is direct, who has good quality around the box. You want the ball away from your box with them on it as much as possible. So I think, you know, that's 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 going to be an important part around how we do it. So that will be another reason for us to have possession. Do you think, uh, to, to jump in a little bit there, sorry, uh, would you say that's where someone like Carol Iting maybe should come in and, and play the game? Potentially, yeah. Um, it, it is going to be another one where we're going to have to try and break down this mid-lower block, I'm, I'm imagining. Um, so, you, you know, you, you want someone in there who can do that. Obviously, although they've got a strong midfield physically, you look at John Obi Mikel, who is playing and, you know, I'd hazard a guess as to say he's not as mobile. He was never really known for his mobility, he's more his positional play. Um, obviously a very strong guy, but maybe not mobile. Um, it'd be interesting to see how we can use the energy of maybe O'Brien, Hogg, Iting to maybe get get round them and outnumber them in the middle. Like you say, I can't imagine Nick Powell dropping in to make a midfield three too many times when uh, when we've got the ball. Um, so, yeah, that that potentially could be one. I think we spoke before this, Brady, did you say that they've got goalkeeper problems? Yeah, so um, I think it just kind of came out today, but um, Adam Davis, who was their first choice keeper at the start of the season, he's been out injured, so they brought in Angus Gunn. Um, he's just suffered a, an ankle injury and is apparently out for six weeks. So they've recalled this young, young lad called Joe Bursic uh, back from Doncaster. So... Again, um, maybe this is the uh, old-fashioned football fan in me, but if they've got a young goalkeeper in there, I know that's not really our style, but I think we need to test him. You know, he'll he'll be a bit nervous. It's you know, he's, he wasn't expected to play, and I think you know we need we need to like I say, test him early and catch him off guard. Really, I think that's the thing where I think this is where the, the key will be. We're going to have a lot of the balls. I said we have more possession away than any team. However, we have the lowest in the opposition's final third and. Coupled with this, um, there's only one team um, away from home who has a lower percentage of their shots inside the box. So typically, we're having more shots from distance. We can't even get into the box when we get in the final third. And when you're playing someone, you know, with a keeper who's struggling, with centre-backs who 
I think are prone to making mistakes. When when I look at them, they are good um, structurally. You know, they have some good shape uh, behind the ball, which O'Neill was known for, obviously, in his time at Northern Ireland as well. Took them really far in the Euros uh, for where they probably should have got. Um, so I think trying to if we're trying to exploit their weaknesses, it probably comes back to your point, Matt. I think we've got to, you know, it'll be key how many times we get the ball in around their, their centre-backs, how many times we're on the ball in the final third and how many times we manage to get that ball in the box and, and take shots from, from good areas. Um, and I think that is ultimately, if we can do that, it's the same as any game, but I think even more importantly against the game where, uh, against the team, sorry, where, where they are going to be happy for us to have that ball and their game plan will be to hit us on the break. Yeah, chance creation is not town strong suit really I think two shots on target the last couple of games is, is all we've mustered but as Brady said that seems to be all Stoke do but they take take their chances um, so key players for us um, I think Chris what you mentioned before would be it'd be good if we all uh, mentioned somebody who we all thought would be a key player for for us Brady I'll I'll shoot to you first but who are you looking at to make the difference in, in this game in your opinion um if I, I hope I've not taken anyone's, but I, I think this could be a, a good game for, for Iting. Um, I think, you know, obviously great header for him last time out, but he, his, his comfortable, him being comfortable on the ball, I think will be really key for this game. And I think what's really important, especially if he's playing as that six and kind of a bit further back, um, is, is picking those balls at the right time. Again, to, I'm sure we're going to talk about, um, what kind of formation we think town will line up in, but we do actually have some pacey players. You know, we've got Inbenza and in Karoma. Um, and again, we've talked about the kind of slow, slow defense. I think, I think he'll be a really key player. And again, I've seen some people comparing to Aaron Moy. I, I can see some stuff in there. I think it's a bit early days and they are different players, but I think him keeping the game ticking, it's about doing it's about making those, it's obvious to say, but just keeping the game flowing, progressing forward and making those passes at the right time and making the smart choice. And I think he he could be really key for the town to get something out of this game. Aaron Moy, the master of the game management you were talking about earlier, Chris. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, your exactly. key man. We, we probably not got enough time to talk about Aaron Moy because I'll be here all night. <laughs> um, me? Um Obviously, I've mentioned Toffolo already in his battle, both obviously being key for going forward and with us attacking a lot down the left, but also trying to defend against Campbell. I think that's probably an obvious one, and I think he's been talked about on this pod probably a lot. The other one that I'm going to go for is someone I also a bit mentioned earlier is the centre-backs. I think our centre-backs are going to have to be man of the match uh, if we're going to get a positive result. So whether he goes Stearman or I'll go Shindy. Um, if Shindy has a strong game against Fletcher... And we, we managed to keep the ball away from our dangerous areas, not allow them to grind us down with the second balls. I think it's going to be one of them away games where we're, we're going to rely on our centre-backs at times to deal with that direct play uh, and keep the ball o- away from our from our box. So I'm going to go, I'll go Shindy. I just hope that Schindler doesn't remember the last time uh, someone played a direct diagonal box to uh, to, Fr- to Fletcher. Um because yeah. you know, going back to the playoffs where he scored, didn't he? And Schindler kind of got a little bit under it. But um, yeah, so I'm going to uh, go to the attack and I'm going to say, this This man might not even play actually when I come to uh, talk about the team, but I think Fraser Campbell's link-up will be incredibly key. I think in terms of uh, transitions, if Stoker is slower at the back than, than what we are, I think the, the key really is to draw them out and then to to get round the back, you know, I'm going John Barnes, I'm going to, I'm, I'm two seconds away from the wrap here. 
but essentially what we've got to do is we've got to get Mbenza, Karoma, uh, those kind of players in and around for us to create chances in my book. And, and you look at the key, some key passes Fraser Campbell's made this season, Bristol City to get Mbenza in for the Karoma goal. Uh, at Millwall as well, you know, I think it was uh, the third goal possibly where, you know, he's made an incredible touch, you know, to, to lay it off on the halfway line. And I think uh, Fraser Campbell's savvy and his uh, his link-up play will, will be key to us creating chances. And, you know, it's very unusual that a centre-forward doesn't, you know, maybe not so unusual now in, in the sort of more modern game, but he doesn't get a lot of chances coming to him. But he's very much the player before the assist, if you like. He's Fraser Campbell. And I think he will... Uh, he will uh, be an important cog in this, whether he comes off the bench or whether he starts. But uh, speaking of uh, importance, uh, that's a terrible link, but I'm going to go with it. Um, earlier this week, Brady, you chatted to uh, uh, Stoke fan Ben Rowley from the YYY Files, uh, and here's what Ben had to say on the game. And we're recording. So I'm now joined on the line by Ben from the YYY Files, which is a Stoke podcast. Ben, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I was just saying, considering that we're in lockdown, I think I'm as good as I possibly could be at the moment. So yeah, how are you? I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm sure you you're in a good place because you're sat here talking to me. So um, <laughs> as always. So um, we'll jump into it. Obviously, the international breaks um, pretty much over with now, and we our teams are playing each other. So Huddersfield Town, Stoke. So um, first question to you is, what kind of game are you expecting between the two sides on Saturday? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Possibly a more refreshed one than what we've been used to because obviously international break has given us, for most of the players anyway, a two-week break from games after playing Saturday, Wednesday or Sunday, Tuesday, whatever. Um, it's, it's been a tough fixture schedule. Um, some of the Stoke players seem to have... Uh, not benefited from the international break. In fact, I know one of them has definitely, <laughs> definitely not benefited from the international break. But I'd, I'm expecting perhaps teams to come back a little bit more refreshed than what we were seeing just before. Um, but in terms of us, I'm expecting us to be good again. In short, we have been good for quite a while now since Michael O'Neill come in. In fact, and I don't see that changing. Was this? Were, you talk about Michael O'Neill. Was this? Was this a surprise? Because obviously, similar to us last season. Uh, you didn't do so great when people expected you to do a lot better. So, um, how what has Michael O'Neill's like transformation been? Because it, you know, from the outside, it, it seems like such a dramatic one. Yeah, and and it has been because we've had four managers since Mark Hughes, so himself, Paul Lambert, Gary Rowett, and then Nathan Jones, all 
they promised certain things at Stoke. Marcus was doing so for a while and then dropped off. And then the rest of them said a lot and said they were going to do a certain amount of things and they never did. Michael O'Neill's been the first manager to have come in and done what he said he was going to do, which is give the fans a team to be proud of. Um, in a sense that before we were, I don't want to say lazy, but we were thoughtless in our play. Uh, you, you could you could tell that there was tension between the players themselves and between the manager or the club or the fans. Um, before lockdown, we were all brought together, I think, as a club under Michael O'Neill. Um, he's got the players playing. I don't want to say basic football. I don't want to say hoopball. I want to say direct football because it's so different to what Tony Bewers is and the fact that he gets the ball up the pitch but that can that that's not in a Swansea way or in a Tony Pulis style way it's it's right what's your out ball is it along the floor is it using the back four or is it just getting it out whatever way it is he gets the ball up the field mm. and we're attacking with pace for the first time since probably 2014 to be honest <laughs> and it's really exciting to see at the moment he has given the players confidence um, which they should have because they are all, most of them anyway, terrific footballers, some even Premier League quality. And they've not been confident since probably four years ago. And since Michael O'Neill came in a year ago, their confidence has been growing and it's perhaps now at the stage where it possibly should be. Mm, and I think what you've you kind of touched on in our match preview, which obviously you did for us as well, uh, du- double points for you this week. Um, you mentioned, <laughs> Sent it back, Harry Souter, um, who's who's a young lad. Uh, many, I'm sure, many Huddersfield fans might not be aware of him. So, can you tell us a little bit more about him? And um, you mentioned some of the other players, Stoke, of, uh, who have been playing well for Stoke this season. Can you just tell us a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So Harry Souter, he is a 21 year old, uh, I believe, Scottish born, but plays for Australia national team, uh, centre back, and he was on loan at Fleetwood last season. They wanted to keep him. And I think we said, nah, we're going to use him this season. And he has been so good at the back for such a young guy. He's benefited from having some older guys next to him, like James Chester, uh, Danny Bart as well. Um, But the first thing I said about him is he's a big boy. He's six foot seven, I believe. Huge. You don't miss him on the pitch. You'll notice as soon as you see him, as long as he plays, of course. Um, but being so large, you wouldn't expect him to be as athletic as he is. Of course, he's a young lad, but he moves across the pitch rather quickly. Um, he will win headers, but he's also quite intelligent. His tackling is good. His distribution from the back is reasonably good for you know a young centre-back. He's what we've been needing because we've been having players like Ryan Shawcross, James Chester, Danny Bart, Bruno Martins-Endy. Good centre-backs, good tough tackling centre-backs maybe, but all ageing. Danny Bart in particular is very slow, for example. Uh, James Chester not played a lot of football in a while. Harry Suter's come in and has done the opposite, and he's been the yin to the yang for a lot of our centre-backs. He's been fantastic. You mentioned a couple of others. Uh, Tyrese Campbell. Uh, if I said Harry Suter's a big boy, uh, Tyrese Campbell's a naughty boy. He's very, very good up front. Very, very good. Very confident. Very quick. Um doesn't mind shooting from anywhere pretty much, but not in a stupid sense like Charlie Adam used to. Um, he's a good player, very, very good player. And I expect both of them to be 
in talks for a Premier League move at some point, which is sad for me to say, but I can't see how those two in particular are going to stay at Stoke for too long unless we progress with them. Mm. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I, we've seen some of the performances of Tyrese Campbell. I mean, I think I'll just be lucky to have a striker like that at the moment. Um, Maybe not Fraser Campbell. May, may, well, Fraser's been alive <laughs> this season. Um, you know, I, we've been his critic before, but you've got to give him his juice. I mean, uh, everyone talks about the volley against Forest, so... Uh, <laughs> There you go. Um, we're talking of um, uh, town players. Uh, there's a former one who's been playing a lot for you in this season, um, which is uh, a former fan favourite for us, Tommy Smith. Um, again, I've, we've, some of us haven't really checked in with how he's been doing um, at Stoke, but he seems to be playing a bit more this season. Um, how's he been getting on and what, what do the Stoke fans think of him? He right back's been a troublesome position for us for a while. We were playing Mam Juf there in the Premier League, which was funny. Um, and then we were playing, oh, what's his name? Who used to play for Everton? Uh, Martina, Cuco Martina. Um, just bad, bad all over. Don't know what he's doing these days. Uh, then we were sort of brought back to life with Tom Edwards at right back, a uh, young local lad who sort of progressed with his team. He's done very well, but we brought in Tommy Smith and he is that solid right back that we need for this system. Um, We've been playing a three at the back for most games. For the last couple of games, we've been playing four at the back. But for the most part, we've been playing back three or five, whatever you want to call it. And Smith has been on the right wing back role. I don't know what he was like for you. I I, I believe at some point he was captain for you. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, you can tell in a sense. Um, but his crossing has been magnificent, I think. It goes underrated at Stoke. But I think his crossing genuinely is excellent. Um, his interceptions as well. I've not seen a fullback intercept a ball like Tommy Smith. He's excellent at it. Where he struggles is if Stokard backs the wall and we're pinned back as a team. He's liable to making a few mistakes. As I say, he likes interceptions. Um, perhaps he's a little bit too keen on that front. And he's uh, last season, I remember against Leeds, we were doing so well. We were nil-nil for such a long time. Um, and he gave away a penalty, needlessly. And that's just part of his nature. I think he's more aggressive. Um, but he's been good. It, like, There's a reason why Edwards, who was our right-back for last season, is now out on loan. Um, he's a good player, Smith. And yes, right-backs go sort of underrated in a team anyway, I feel, apart from if you're Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, but he's good. He's not someone I'm looking to replace. Certainly someone that he needs backup for because he's the only right back we have at the club at the moment that's actually playing. Um, yeah, he's he's good. I don't know if you guys think that you're missing him or not, but I think he's been excellent for Stoke since he's come in, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think, to be honest with you, we were missing him for a while, but um, we've got a new right back who we signed from Espanyol called Peter, who's, um, mm. who's been doing really well, actually. Um, and we needed a step over the other time. I'm trying to remember the last time a Huddersfield player did that. Um, <laughs> so just talking about the game, um, what do you kind of see the, the key the key battles being? Um, I think I kind of asked you about your weaknesses. You mentioned a bit of clumsy defending. But um, I suppose what... Again, uh, you're very good attacking and been scoring a few goals. So what do you see the key battles being? And that's really weird when you say that because Stoke haven't scored a hatful of goals. They've scored a decent amount of goals in their games. Um, but our clean sheet record has been magnificent this whole 2020. I, I can't think of the number we've kept. It's a lot. This season we've also kept, I think, the highest in England or there thereabouts. It's a lot of clean sheets we've been keeping. Um, 
that's partially due to the fence that I mentioned players like Suter. Uh, Nathan Collins is another young centre-back who's been doing very well for us. Um, but again, the problem is we've been having is we've been chopping and changing our back line. We had Adam Davis in goal, for example, at the start of the season. He's now injured um, and won't be fit for the game against you guys, I believe. So it'll be Angus Gunn in goal, who's new. And even though a good goalkeeper, we've been chopping and changing centre-backs as well, as I say. Danny Bart, um, James Chester, Nathan Collins, Harry Suter, they've all been in the team. Bruno Martins in the Morgan Fox is a left-back and he's been playing uh, as part of the back three at times as well. It's just unsettled and you can tell sometimes. And I think O'Neill is still trying to find, to some extent, the blend that I was talking about before of, of really tough tackling and experience and a bit of mobility, a uh, bit of youth. Uh, and he's taking it game by game basis as well. O'Neill is the tinker man. Um, he, he very rarely keeps the same team. Um, what am I expecting? Goals, I think. I don't know who for, but, but I'm expecting goals from this one. Um, I'm, I'm confident that it will be for Stoke. I'm confident that we're going to do well. Um, because like I say, we've, we've been in good form. Um, maybe our performances haven't reflected the results sometimes, but then it's vice versa. Um, I think we are a good footballing side at the moment. Uh, we've got some injuries as well and, and, and some absentees. James McLean was the one I was alluding to earlier, who's uh, he's caught coronavirus on international duty, so he'll be missing the next two weeks. He won't be part of the game. Uh, maybe that's a chance for someone like Tom Ince to come back into the team. I know that you guys had him. Um, uh, maybe it's a chance for Tiwa Valinden to come back into the team. Um, he had an ACL injury. He's a young lad, by the way, plays on the wing uh, in the youth team. He's excellent, but he had an ACL injury last season. Um, might be the chance for him to come back into the team. Now he's recovered, make his first start since March. Um, but we're good. We're we're really bloody good. And uh, yeah, I expect us to be all right. Well, yeah, you, meant, you mentioned good football. I think, um, again, we weren't, from a Huddersfield perspective, we weren't uh, expecting much this season, but we've been playing some nice stuff. Um, again, I, I split this varies with everyone I ask, but what have you made of Huddersfield so far this season? Uh, you know, and again, I know um, we're not always a team that people focus on that much, but from what you've hmm. seen, what you can kind of thoughts? I think I said at the start of the season, that I didn't know what I was going to expect from you guys because you'd, from from the outside in anyway, unexpectedly changed your manager. I didn't expect Danny Cowie to go. Um, I think a lot of fans didn't either. Um, the fact that you did and you brought in someone who was like, from the outside point of view, like, okay, like with a team you've got, losing Carl and Grant as well, relegation candidates possibly. But you've got some results here and there. I think you've had a couple of stinkers and you've had a couple of really good results as well. So God knows where you'll be at the end of the season. Um, but I guess you like what Stoke were last season in the sense that you can pull some results out of the bag from absolutely nowhere. And then another team comes along the next week and you fall fat in your face. That's how it appears from results-wise. I must admit, I've not been keeping an eye on performances. Um, there's, like, there's still some names in there. Like I know that. Uh, Alec Pritchard is still playing for you. I I didn't think that he'd be playing for Huddersfield now. Um, I don't know how he's been doing for you, but you seem to have some good players in there still. I know that <laughs> I noticed that uh, Bakuna is the guy that scored that 45 yard own goal. Was it last season or the season before? Yeah, the yes, I remember. That, that was funny. That was funny. So I hope, he, I hope that he plays. Maybe you guys hope he plays as well. Maybe he's been doing good, but oh, yeah, that was good. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, I to be honest, 
as you say, I don't know what to expect from Huddersfield, but I bet that's just as exciting for you guys as it is for the rest of us and our teams as well. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, very inconsistent, but a lot better football. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think you've, you've got it pretty spot on, to be fair. And the final question, Ben, um, just so I can clip this if you're wrong uh, and we win, <laughs> or if, uh, you know, we can just bury it if you are correct. But um, score prediction, what do you see the score prediction for this game being? If you're going to clip this, I might as well go 8-9, hadn't I? Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, like I say, Stoke have been flying. Um, sort of under the radar, but they have been flying. I'm going to go with a 3-1 Stoke, I think. Maybe that was different to what I predicted before. I don't know. I can't remember. But I'm feeling good about Stoke at the moment. Um, I'm going to go for 3-1. No, I think that's what you said. So, uh, yeah, consistent, like it. Consistent well, uh, positivity, I love it. <laughs> that's great. I mean, you, yeah, I'm feeling positive talking to you, but, uh, yeah, hopefully. Well, all the best for the season anyway, Ben, and uh, we, good luck Good luck for the rest of the season. Obviously not on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, obviously. No, it'd be nice to see you guys back in the stadium soon as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it's always good good away days, Stoke. So, and, and likewise, you always bring the noise when you come to the John Smiths. But, um, yeah, cheers, cheers so much, Ben. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Okay, so that's our opposition view of the game. So thanks for organising that, Brady. Uh, Ben's had his say. Uh, and now it's time to have ours with, uh, you know, the predictions for the game and, and maybe a lineup of how you go. So I'll start with you, Chris, because I went Brady last time. How do you see Town sort of lining up uh, in this game? And, and what score prediction are you going for? Um, lining up's a tricky one. Um, like you say, there is the possibility of three centre-backs. I think it'll depend on, I think, the three centre-backs thing often being involved in those decisions in the past relies on what, what wing-backs you're going to then play. Obviously, Pippa and Toffolo are really obvious candidates for wing-backs, not so sure the other right-backs we have as options are. So with that, I think they'll probably stay with the back four. Um, and other than that, I think it's really anyone's guess to, for the midfield three and, and certainly, like you said, the striker with, with Wardy coming back. There's an odd comment um, from Carlos Corbran in the... Um in the press conference where he likens Richard Stearman to Pippa in saying that he can play that role. So I don't know whether that's a precursor to Richard Stearman stepping out at Ryback. Um, Potentially, especially with, obviously like we've said, the direct play that they like, it's another big body. It's another big body for set pieces and it's another pl- player to win the aerial duels. I'm not so sure I see the other, the rest of the likeness, but um, <laughs> he, he, I'm sure, I know Richard Stearman has played there before extensively and he, he, he could definitely do a job. Uh, defensively um, but yeah in terms of my prediction um, oh, I think it's going to be low scoring and I think it's going to be 1-1 one, one. that is so boring isn't it but ironically <laughs> that's the exact same I've I've gone for as well I I think Town Jinx. will, will uh, revert to a back three uh, or back five the way you want to see it um, the reason for doing so I think Fletcher or I think it just depends how they see Nick Powell playing. And, you know, Carlos Corbrand said many times that he likes to have that extra man in defence. If the opposition play a two, he'll play a three at the back. If they play a one, they'll play, you know, two. I, I yeah. think Powell might sit higher. And like you say, he's not one to drop deep. We had a look at the heat maps, uh, or I had a look at the heat maps earlier where he tends to drift. And he, t- he tends to drift into that sort of inside left space, which will be awkward. And I think if Dehaney's coming in for Peeper, I think that's going to be an awkward, uh, awkward, uh, 
position to cope for D'Amico, especially if he's having to attack and then look after the winger and Powell dropping onto him as well. I think that could be a lot of uh, a lot of work for him. So I would think that maybe they'll go to the back three of uh, Stearman, Schindler and Nabisar, and then Dehaney can you know concentrate on his right wing back role and Toffolo on the left. Uh, and then whether they go three four three like they did uh, against Bristol City, I think they'll probably go three five two in this one and therefore try and catch you know, try and catch the counter a little bit. And I would imagine that Hogg and Lewis O'Brien are, are pretty much nailed on if they're fit to start. And then the the, the last decision decision really is whether it's, <laughs> it's coming to two Dutch players here and look what I've done. But I'm coming up to um, Iting or Bakuna. Um, so that's the decision on uh, on whether they play. And then up front is either Campbell, and, Campbell, Caroma and Benzo. It's two from three. And my prediction's one all as well. I think first key, first goal is very important. Uh, if they score first, I think they win the game. If we score first, I think we get something from it. So, uh, Brady? Yeah, um, as I said, lads, I've also gone for, for a 1-1. And I, I agree with you, Matt. I think it's um, it's who scores first. Uh, to be honest, I think if we if we get an early goal, again, if it's something similar to Swansea, where, you know, we get a goal, maybe even against the wrong play, although I don't, I don't think that'll be the case for this game. But if we get an early goal... I could maybe see us, you know, getting another one, and if they're pushing forward and trying to trying to get an equaliser. But I, I, again, I think we we'll probably will play three five two. I think we kind of all agree with, on on the pod here that um, Pippa being out is a bit of a miss, and we're not sure what Dehaney's going to be like. But signs suggest he might not be as good. But again, you know, Corbran has a reputation for working with players who've who've not been so good and. You know, really improving them. So I'd be interested to see if we do play three five two how how it gets on because, um, you know, we'll be interested. <laughs> you uh, you made me laugh when you were talking about um, Stearman though, Matt, because uh, I had that flashback to when I think it was the Derby game when he was the furthest person forward, like basically being a wing back. So maybe maybe we could see that. I have flashbacks to um, though where he gets caught out in that position as well. So I'm a little bit unsure. Oh, he loves a Cruyff turn to Stearman as well. So yeah, you know, maybe you can match yeah, Pippa. Pippa for skill. Um, yeah, I, as we kind of touched on, I think we do have pace. I think that's going to be key. And that's why I think the two strikers, I, I'd go with Karoma and, and Imbenza. I The thing is, like you say, Campbell's very street smart. You know, he's, he's played the game for a long time. And I do wonder potentially if we're struggling to create a lot, if maybe we should should play Campbell because he can take those fouls. You know, he can go down at the right moments and win those free kicks. I know... Set pieces isn't particularly a strong point, but hey, Isaac, I think it's Isaac's on the ball these days with those uh, those very dipping, true uh, dipping knuckleball very, shots. Yeah. Very true, yeah. So I think um, I think that might be key. So, but yeah, I'll probably say I would imagine it. It might be a Kramer and in Benza front, Excellent. but one-one. Excellent. So we've got three one-ones uh, as it we goes. Can't do that, can we? Surely not. <laughs> say that again. On the first ever episode, we can all go for the same score. It, feel, it feels like a little setup, doesn't it? So if it's one all now, we can sit here next week and look rather smug, can't we? But if, you know... I'm tempted to change it just to try and try and put something out there. I'm bottling it a bit. I think it's a first goal wins kind of game. I, I just I just yeah. don't know who's going to score first. So I've kind of gone to... I think if we score first, it's more likely to be a draw. And with Stoke starting slowly, I'm kind of edging towards that. Um, but if Stoke score yeah, first, I think they'll win the game. It's, it's, if we score first, I think like Brady, I think we could exploit them on the counter. Um, I actually think it'll be a win either way, but I can't, I can't pick, so I've bottled say it. Right, it you say it. Say it. <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll change mine then. 2 0 to town. 2 0 town. Oh, nice. 
on the record. Um, well, Ben thinks it's going to be a three-one win for them, as as, you, as we heard earlier. So, um, a nice one. Yeah, <laughs> we want to know what he's drinking because he's, he's fairly confident. Um, yeah, good for him. They they look decent this this time to Stoke. It's they're one of those funny teams where the last couple of years I've gone out oh, their top six easy, and it's just never happened, has it? They, they seem to have had an even worse sort of malaise over them, and it's it's that whole psyche, isn't it? When you get into that losing streak, you know, of shifting that and. It's taken a couple of managers to really sort of shift that. And Gary Rowett's shown, and, and Nathan Jones have both shown they're decent managers. You know, they went yeah. to Stoke, they didn't do well, but they've gone elsewhere and done, Gary Rowett especially, has done an excellent job. And it's taken, you know, Michael O'Neill, who's never managed in England before, but internationally he's, he's shown some real quality as Michael O'Neill. And it's taken three managerial changes and, and to get a load of players out to kind of get them back. And they're still eighth, but I do fancy Stoke for the top six this year. But I said that the last two seasons as well, so we'll see. But I think that's it for this episode. So thank you for joining us on uh, on this episode. Let us know uh, in the comments, you know, how you think this game will go. And, uh, and hopefully we'll be back next week if this wasn't too terrible. And uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you very much. Oh, what a night. Late in May in 2017. Shinder scored. It was a heaven. What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League The greatest sight in George's Square did see What an evening, what a night Got a funny feeling when he walks and a fence and then the commentator yelled he takes that chance Oh what a night Lost so safe in mesmerizing me Low low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh, what a night Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walked And a fence, and then The commentator yelled, he takes our chance